And welcome to this week's episode of Florida Man Plays X-Wing. I am your host, as always, Steve Sesnick, and I am joined, as usual, by Carlos Ramirez. What's up, man? Oh, my God. I made it to second calling on two episodes in a row. Yeah. I'm so excited you, for the promotion. You're getting the bump. Yeah. <laughs> Joe, Joe keeps Joe, Joe can't, couldn't make it the last couple weeks, so you get the bump. But, I mean, when he comes back next week, you're, you're going to get demoted again. So Back to third. Oh, yeah, right. back to third. Sorry. Back to assistant to the regional manager. <laughs> yeah, assistant to the regional manager. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> so also with us this week, we have a special guest filling in for, uh, for Joe because um, Carlos and I didn't want to just talk to each other. So uh, <laughs> we got um, Ryan Staniszewski from the uh, OCX podcast. What's up, man? I'm here to drink beer with the Florida people. Yeah. Like yes. Time to drink some beer, Florida style, which usually results in being in the news. So, <laughs> yeah, I'm concerned about that. <laughs> yeah, it's uh, you know, as I've said before on this on the on here, I've, I work at local TV stations, so like I'm kind of like steeped in the whole Florida man like thing. We 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 constantly have those stories coming through the station and stuff. So it's uh, it's something I'm used to, but. <laughs> So speaking of that, I have a local radio station that I listen to every morning and one of their segments all the time, it's Florida's effed up and it's always <laughs> the same news segments that I hear you guys have on your like commercials. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's the same ones. <laughs> yeah, so it's the, I mean, the, the best. It's, I mean, realistically, you know, I just go to the Florida Man Reddit and like find the funniest one. So <laughs> oh, there's a dedicated Reddit to it. Oh yeah. That. There's a, de there's a dedicated website to it. And apparently there is a TV show. I've heard there's a TV show coming out, um, dedicated to Florida man stories. We don't need that. Uh, it seems like too much, but nobody needs that. <laughs> yeah. I mean, who needs a TV show? I mean, like I said, if you live in Florida, just watch local news. That's like, that's what it is. So, <laughs> but yeah, there's uh there, there's a, the Florida man meme runs deep, you know, it's, uh, <laughs> been around for a while now i guess but uh, you know what it, you know what really set it off i think was the uh it was always kind of a thing for a while but i think what really set it off was that was when that guy um doing the bath salts like was running around naked uh trying to eat people uh, ate yeah. someone's face down in miami yeah. yeah he like he like ate he like ate somebody's face or something like that that was i think the one story that just tipped it over the edge where it was like florida man it was it became a thing but you know so, <laughs> oh, the internet. Oh, the internet. It was funny explaining to uh, Dion at the system open what the Florida man meme was because he didn't, he just had like somehow never heard of it. I was like, how have you never heard of this? What? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I was like, that's, I mean, have you just not been on the internet in the last like eight years? <laughs> he lives there. Like, how do you not know? <laughs> Dion, oh, Dion? yeah, he does. He, no, his family I'm here. saying Dion lives on the internet. How do you oh, not yeah. know? Oh, yeah. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I think he does have family here. So I know he's come down to visit a couple of times and he's asked on the X-Wing Florida page, like, do you guys have any events going on? Yeah. Uh, all that stuff. So. so so, anyways, it was it was kind of fun explaining to him how the meme worked. But <laughs> um, so anyways, what do we got going on beer wise? Um, I have. A, uh, so this I picked up in Atlanta actually um, while I was at the system open and it's kind of one of my favorite like fun beers um, because so it's it's from a brewery called Wild Wild Haven Beer uh, from Avondale Estates, Georgia, and it's called Emergency Drinking Beer. 
and um <laughs> i'll put a picture on the instagram because the can's awesome it's just like a yellow can with like very plain lettering that just says emergency drinking beer on it and uh i normally get this at dragon con and then i sit on it until sunday and it's the, it, it's the last six pack i drink on sunday so, so just so i can walk around all you know sunday night pulling these out and be like it's an emergency i need beer and like <laughs> It's my, you know, my little wandering around joke. But anyways, uh, it's actually a pretty good beer, too. So I, I do enjoy it. Um, Carlos, what do you got? Uh, let's see. I got J-Dubs Brewing Company from Sarasota, Florida. Oh, yeah. J-Dubs good. First time, first time trying this one. Uh, I got the Passion Wheat, Passion Fruit and Mango Wheat Ale. Uh, it's pretty great so far. Uh, this is the first time I've tried these guys. So yeah. I'll be uh, looking for their name. They make a solid beer. Uh, more. Yeah. All right, Ryan, what do you got? So I picked up, I've been picking up a lot of variety packs recently, just like, hey, this looks like, I'm, I've turned into a craft snob guy, unfortunately. I I have to. Not like Coach, who's like, I'm, (laughs) I'm but everything. Yeah, yeah. Okay. So I picked up, this is Brewdog. It's from a brewery in Ohio. Mm -hmm. Uh, The one I have that I'm drinking right now is Hazy Jane. It's a New England style IPA ale. Oh, nice. Uh, they, their slogan is born in Scotland, brewed in the USA, a.k.a. Ohio. <laughs> there you go. So it's solid. Cool. So anyways, tasty beers. Try them out. Sure. <laughs> One of these days, maybe we'll get sponsored. Who knows? You got me sold on the emergency beer. That sounds like perfect for any event. Dude, it is. It's great. <laughs> like literally you can pull this out and be like, I, I'll, you know what? I will bring some, I will bring some up to worlds and, uh, and make sure that because uh, I think Coach will get a kick out of this too, right? Yes. Um, yeah. Again, he he is attempting to find the rules for tailgating. Yes. And um, if we run out of beer, we will immediately try and find you for the emergency beer. Yeah, yeah. I will I will keep it on me, and it it cannot be uh, drank until Sunday. It has to be saved for for like last whenever or maybe Saturday. I don't know when everybody's planning on leaving, but you know if it's gonna if we're if we're getting down to the wire, we'll we'll save it for that. <laughs> so anyways yeah they, i'll just have to try to think if i'll be oh yeah yeah i'll be in atlanta for dragon con so i'll just pick up some extra and make sure i have it but uh, i guess uh, how am i gonna get through the airport ah shit i don't know it's getting complicated i'll figure it out but wah, wah. <laughs> wah, wah. <laughs> who's wait are any of you going to gen con and are driving uh no Carlos, not driving but i am going to gen con yeah oh yeah Unfortunately, that's a far it's a far drive for us. I mean, it's closer than Worlds. Slightly, yeah, um, closer. <laughs> I think it's still like I think from Florida, it's still like a thirteen or fourteen hour drive. Yeah, I wouldn't doubt that. Sounds yeah, right. yeah, and the the flights are not that expensive. To yeah, not just go ahead and hop on a plane. Well, because it's like a it's like a three hour plane ride or a fourteen hour car drive. <laughs> yeah, like yeah. it's and, it's like, and you probably just, spend the same on gas. <laughs> roughly. Yeah. Would, uh, now, if flight. you were doing like a, a van with a bunch of people and it would yeah. it would actually make it cheaper than yeah, but you know, it depends. So, all right. Well, tonight we uh, we're going to talk a little bit about some of the system open results and hyperspace trial results that have happened over the last weekend. And we're going to kind of segue that into a uh, discussion on Rebel Beef because it's everywhere. It's it's the new boogeyman du jour. Um, 
So it's not kosher anymore. It's not. No, no. Well, there's, there's, there's the kosher rebel beef, which like, which is basically anything that isn't like Braylon 10 wedge and Cassian. And then, and then there's Braylon 10 wedge and Cassian, which is not kosher. So we'll, uh, this we'll, is definitely the like 80% lean, 20% fat. This is the fat yes. beef. Yeah. 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 The fat beef. So, so we're going to kind of get into that, some of the evolution of it. I mean, we've only got probably less, a little bit less than a month now left with it because of the points change, but um, there are still hyperspace trials that this is going to be affecting because this is a basically just a, is, is a hyperspace list as well. So we wanted to kind of talk about it a little bit more in depth and for the players who are either A, looking to figure out how to beat it or B, um, deciding whether or not they want to play it. So, um, but anyways, we'll get into that. So... I guess we'll start with the uh, Seattle System Open, um, which was won by Daniel Taylor, uh, who came in second two weeks ago at the Atlanta System Open and who knocked me out of the top 16 at the Atlanta System Open. So I have a little bit of firsthand experience with Daniel and his and his uh, his rebel beef list. So back to back final tables. That's that's impressive. Pretty good. It's pretty impressive. Yeah. Row. Now, for those that don't know, Daniel Taylor is also like three time Imperial Assault world champion. So um, he's no slouch when it comes to just gaming in general. And he is he has decided since Imperial Assault is kind of basically dead and dead in a ditch at the moment that he's going to he was he's switching over to where the players are. So um he's really good at that back-to-back thing apparently he is <laughs> yeah <laughs> back to back to back to back to back so i guess uh maybe he's gonna try to try to pull the uh he's already did the paul heaver and imperial assault so maybe he'll try to do the, the paul heaver and x-wing too <laughs> um we'll see although i think these days that's a really a really difficult feat <laughs> but uh yeah so anyway so daniel was playing uh specifically what he was playing was uh Braylon stram with a crack shot and a jamming beam 10 numb with the jamming beam, Cassian with Leia, tactical officer, and pivot wing, uh, wedge with swarm tactics, and the servo motor S foils. So obviously the jamming beans are su- they're superfluous. They're not, you know, they're there, but they're free, so that's fine. Um, the the core of this list really is the Cassian, Leia, 10, and Braylon combo. So what do you, uh, Ryan, go ahead. I guess let's, let's get your thoughts on this first. What do you, what do you think about that combo specifically and, and how it's, uh, how it's really kind of shaping the meta here? It's giving a high enough floor to any player. No. Okay. So caveat. Yes. It's a higher floor. No, that does not mean any simpleton can take this list and win everything with it. Yeah. Um, so it does, it still requires knowing triggers knowing where to move setting up kill boxes when to stay tight formation when to split um for people who may have watched seattle daniel deciding to threaten soon tier with two ships while still providing two ships to look at vendor at the time in the game in the first engagement was you know he trusted that his ships would you know and they have the health for it stay alive and threatened so soon to your head to kind of bug out so um it's knowing when to make the correct decisions just like any other list that still needs to maximize this um but there's the general the floor so high with this that you can make some average mistakes that could normally mean death for a ship in your squad or at least a death in the next turn because of bad positioning and you 
you're not being able to uh, get all your guns on target. The combination of Cassian pulling stress, uh, Leia saying you can still K-turn with stress if Cassian can't pull all of them or get actions uh, when you K-turn, and the, the, the tight turn maneuvers that the B-Wings have mean if they're pointing in the wrong direction, they can easily turn around and point in the correct direction and narrow yeah. roll adjust. Yeah, that's uh, which I think is... is to me at least and having played against it and played against Daniel specific Daniel specifically with it the biggest issue in playing against it is is the um, unimpeded maneuverability of the b-wings when because the b-wings are a ship that are built to be kind of knife fighters but they have to do it at a penalty and you know, like they have a lot of red maneuvers and they're they're kind of doing that and that's why their abilities are kind of based off utilizing that stress. So when it gets combined with something like Leia and Cassian, um, it it really just expands their dial a lot, a lot more than it probably was ever meant to be, um, and it makes it it makes it really difficult to get around them um, because they they don't fly in the in the same in the pattern you're used to where it's like okay we're gonna do some white maneuvers and then we're gonna do one of our red maneuvers and then I'm gonna have to do a green maneuver to clear that and you know that pattern doesn't exist with with Leia and Cassian. So and the the, the whole, you know, method with uh, Cassian being able to pull that extra stress actually extends the life of Leia sometimes in a lot of matchups because you kind of are forced as a Rebel Beef. I flew Rebel Beef for a little while and you're kind of forced to just go I, I'm popping Leia this turn. How many red turns or red maneuvers can I do here because you know, sometimes you just really only need that one ship to be able to K-turn or be able to do a red maneuver. And, you know, Cassian just being able to pull that stress just goes, well, I don't need Leia this turn. I could just pull that stress from Braylon, yeah. pull it from 10, and then just go ahead. And all the other, all of my other ships are doing white maneuvers, so I should be fine this turn. Save that pocket, that Leia for next turn or two turns later when I have two or three ships I need to do red maneuvers. Um, so it really does extend the life of that, that card. Yeah. Even if you don't even have to pull the stress on the ship, if you want to do the single K turn, there's always a tactical officer for the coordinate just to at least say, are you still getting an action anyway? So yeah. there's, there's a lot of things that basically say anything that's turning around is getting a mod, like yeah. all of it. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. It's, it's, it's a lot just, um, and you know, so when I was playing, I was playing Vermeil with death troopers and part of the reason I played death troopers was, was because of the rebel beef list that I knew it was Cassian and, and this combo that I kind of knew was out there. And the sad part about it is that, you know, you, you get Vermeil in there with the death troopers and he's doing his thing and it's still not quite enough to overcome what the, <laughs> what the, like the kind of amount of shenanigans that are happening <laughs> and with the, with the stress in that list. So it's uh it's, it's just kind of an interesting, it, it was interesting, like, you know, because I that, that was kind of a theory craft thing that I that I was like okay well, and I had the Death Troopers on there for more than just that matchup. It was it was for a number of different reasons, but in that particular but that particular matchup, it kind of came to mind is like okay I can use this in that matchup. And then when you actually got it, when I actually got in there and he was kind of in the middle of the fight with them, it was like okay so it kind of hurt one of them and like he kind of affected his one maneuver for this one turn, but he just ran away, and then cleared the stress anyways and came back and I didn't really get to do anything about it. So <laughs> it was, it, it was kind of a, it was a little like surprising just how, or even if they were stressed, they're like, okay, well, I'm not going to clear the stress, but I can still do Leia and do my K turn. 
or or my hard one or whatever it is and i still have my ability because i'm brailing so i get to re-roll everything so <laughs> it was like it wasn't da it wasn't damaging enough to the uh to the cycle um even though it seemed like it should have been <laughs> yeah. there's a whole you know concept obviously that's always talked about next one which is the burden of execution and that's really what this list does is as it just puts it on the it puts it on the opponent almost every single turn because yeah. you just don't know what to expect, you know, the, it, what kind of maneuverability each ship has, especially with Cassian uh, ability at the point where it triggers because you don't know which ship Cassian is going to choose to pull the stress off if they're all stressed. You know, it's sort of masking um, the ability to, uh, you know, for you to guess what their maneuvers are going to be because it opens up the entire dial for the B-Wings with all the red maneuvers. It opens up those K-turns and those Talon rolls for Wedge. Um, so it's just like playing blind, um, and it puts the, all the burden on the, uh, opponent to be able to figure out what all those ships are going to do. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's tricky things like, uh, Daniel had a move where Braylon was going to go through a gas cloud no matter what. So he couldn't perform an action. And most people that might pick this list up for the first time will look at it and be like, all right, I'm generally pulling the stress off of Braylon. And most people may have done that, but he kept the stress on Braylon, wanted to do a two straight, but that was blue. So he dialed in a four straight, actively keeping the stress and making it a white two straight because you can't do a red when you're stressed. Yeah. So the small tricks like that to help Braylon keep stress or uh, purposely keeping the stress but doing a white move if you know you're going to bump into something you can't do your barrel rolls and uh, if you haven't visualized a white talent roll barrel roll it's pretty ridiculous where yeah. you go oh yeah um so anyways it's uh you know this particular version flavor of the list there's a lot of different flavors of of rebel beef and we've seen a ton of different versions of it over the last you know four or five months but this this one i think has kind of sneak snuck up and um you know, I kind of, I almost, I don't quite want to put it here, but I almost kind of want to call this like the final form of the, uh, <laughs> kind of like that, that Nim Miranda list, uh, la, you know, last year when, before they fixed uh, Genius and Trajectory Simulator, and everybody was calling it the final form. This, this to me is kind of like the top end of the Rebel Beef as far as where it's going to be under the current points. And then um, obviously we'll have the points update and we'll see where it, where it lands after that. But I think this one, and you can see it in the results over the last few weeks. So, Carlos, how many of this almost exact list were in this system open? I counted 15. I, I, actually, one of them had um, bigs uh, instead of uh, 10 num, which yeah. I almost count as the same because uh, 10 num and bigs. Ten can be interchangeable, the most depending on interchangeable your, part of the list. Yeah, yeah. And, and and it you know it creates a different kind of strategy. You know, do a little bit more damage mitigation, um, damage spreading. But uh, I saw fifteen instances here in the Seattle system open out of one hundred thirty six uh, lists. Um, no, like I mentioned, um, you know, like I mentioned, Daniel Taylor is obviously a great player. So if anybody was going to rise to the top, it was going to be him. Yeah, but. Um, but you know, 15, 15 of those lists going to that other system open, you were going to see some of them float to the top. Oh yeah. Um, so well, it's just it's just kind of like a statistics uh, thing at this point. Yeah. Well, let's just look at the cut too. So in in the cut of that almost exact same list, there's a couple little differences here with upgrades. But um, you got uh, in the top sixteen, you got Nick De Sequera with uh, that list. You've got Daniel Taylor. Taylor. You've got uh, Benjamin Smith. 
Um, so those three. And that was uh, yeah. yeah, that was it. You've got another <clears throat> pseudo version of it. Um, another Rebel Beef version, at least with uh, Sebastian Demers, that he's got big stain, a partisan and wedge. So it's fairly different. But um, but that's a fair amount in an only a top sixteen cut. It, well, this one didn't actually have any of the playing rounds. It was just a. It was it looks like it ended up being a perfect top sixteen cut. So yeah, more, um, more impressive is uh, seeing how top heavy it is uh, in the rankings beyond that. Like a lot of them finished four and two. Yeah. Um, and then some of them finished, you know, three and three. Uh, hardly any of them. I, I don't see anyone that got only one win. None of uh, maybe a couple of them that got two wins. But, uh, you know, it is a very top heavy list. It's kind of the mm -hmm. same thing that you see with the quad phantoms. Is yeah. that they kind of start knocking each other out in rounds five and six. Yeah. Um, giving each other the losses in mirror matches. So you end up seeing a lot of four and twos and stuff like yeah. that. So um, it's just uh, super strong. Uh, it's super consistent. Got got a lot of good matchups. Um, so that's, yeah. that's the name of it. I mean, I've, yeah, I've seen a lot of people online kind of call this a, a four and two list, basically. It's like if you're a, a decent player, you're probably going to, you know, you can easily do four and two with it if you're, if you play it well and you and you practice it a little more, then that's when you can raise the ceiling up and get into the cuts and win things with it. But it has a pretty high floor there when if, if you can if most people are calling it a four and two list. So <laughs> I mean that's right on the bubble of of being in most cuts at, at in, in any given tournament. So you know what though? I mean there there's been a lot of big big tournaments. I think from what I recall, a lot of system opens where it got to the final table and lost. Yeah. A lot so you know this kind of breakthrough just showed that there is um you know there there, there is a way to get this to the mm -hmm. final table and actually well, that was that. that was kind of the way with the quad phantoms there for a bit too wasn't it i mean i don't think wasn't tyler tippett was he the first one that actually won a system open with it no no or did somebody um, else win one before that uh, that actually, actually does sound right actually i think I, you're right yeah, i think so. he was the first one that actually won one with it now they were all over the cuts and like you know like ryan farmer came in second with it yes. at for, phoenix for a few hours ryan did for a few hours yeah then he won according to ffg but <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> there was a little bit of time travel going on there um so yeah, there was a lot of players that were making cuts with it, and then it didn't quite cross, you know, cross the finish line until until Tyler did it, and then it won, and then it also won, um, you know, the Atlanta System Open with uh, with uh, Joel Killingsworth. Joel. So, it, you know, it's it's I think it's one of those things that with any list like this where there's so many of them in the field, if you're a good player and you're not playing that list, you you you've figured out how to play against it. So if you're good enough to make the cut, it's hard to make the final table and that and you end up against either this rebel beef list or you end up against quad phantoms, you've probably played a couple of them that day and you and you probably have a pretty good plan. So that's that's why I think lists like this tend to lose once they reach the, the, the top tables, um, just because they're playing against players that have very well developed game plans against them um well I also, I also think it has a really bad matchup against any ac kind of list uh in the very very final game because the more time there is the, the more yeah. time that something like a soon tier vader or something like that can win this kind of matchup yeah uh in two hours uh, and you know it's kind of pick apart the uh the first two i mean we could talk, talk a little bit more about the strategy against it uh later but you know basically if you can plan it out uh that strategy um in the early game that mid game could you just extend it for about 30 40 minutes and yeah and pick your engagements uh slowly mm -hmm. and just kind of pick them apart 
Yeah. Well, finals finals matches, you know, ex- extended time limit games are always a little advantageous towards ace lists just because they have the ability to to really pick and choose their 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 vectors and their and their attacks. They can kind of they can pick at things more. They don't have to take as many chances. But um so what else was in the uh what else was in this cut that we uh that we find interesting? Obviously we had Andrew Bunn with a um with a hatchet man variant uh running Suter instead of Vader. Uh, with Lone Wolf and Stealth Device, um, which is... Top, but, top in Swiss, Garrett Joust. Top, yeah, yeah. yeah it's, Old Terra, Cavill, and Katsu. Yes, that was a great list. I did see one of the one of the games, and he just tore up, uh, what was it, the double um, A wing, the, the five-ship Rebel list, um, and just picked it apart. Uh, such such a good uh, good setup with Ketsu. Uh, yeah, and the I think that's beams. the Ketsu setup right now. It'd be hard pressed to find anything else better. Yeah, yeah. I mean, just uh, you know, obviously with her ability, you're kind of doubling down on that front arc, so you might as well throw Fearless on there and just make it even more dangerous. Yeah, I guess people who don't know, Ketsu has Fearless, Maul, and Shadowcaster. Yes, and you pair it with Old Terok with talent of choice uh garrett one with predator i don't remember in adepticon uh old para had visited and played a list and didn't have cavalier talon bane instead um garrett chose to have cavil dorsal and veteran turret gunner for two shots with high power turret from cavil yeah um but yeah you just do the crazy combo of tractor you into terox arc if you're not already there lose all your tokens and then just get blown up yeah yeah and, that's and a they're sad, all uh, that's a sad phantom that's for sure yeah it is yeah well yeah i think that's uh one of the probably the main reasons why this uh list is can do well um in this kind of meta because they're all initiative five so they can initiative kill one of those phantoms easy mm-hmm. yeah very mm-hmm. very easily so and that really that's actually really kind of the achilles heel of the, fan, the quad phantom list anything that can initiative kill one very early in the game um, it loses out. It loses steam really quickly once it once it loses one of the juke ones, especially. Um, so a- anything that can kind of accomplish that is is an advantage, which is I think why um, the wedge with swarm tactics version of the the Daniel's flying is uh, on the rebel beef is so important because that gives them a couple of shots um, at a higher initiative than the uh, than the phantoms. Yeah, for a bit, that was the last four points trying to figure out. Because once you just put in Leia, attack officer, you're left with, all right, what what do I use for talent yeah. slots on these ships? Yeah. And yeah, Swarm Tactics just slotted in very yeah. well as the meta formed. I, I've seen a lot of people running them with just all crack shots. And that's fine. But I think you're getting a lot more bang for your buck out of the Swarm Tactics. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, there was a few uh, quad phantom lists in here. Um, a couple of uh, here was a there was a Drea Swarm, a Dreadlocks. Uh, here here's one. Uh, Andy Myers finished top four, uh, with four T seventies. Uh, oh yeah, just three with heroic and Jess Pava. Uh, usually Jess Pava. Go ahead. I was say look look at my resistance jousting box of four ships. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I it, we keep I, I keep having this kind of like thought back and forth is just like is heroic good is it not, um, and I mean I guess through a course of a tournament, you know it's gonna it's gonna trigger enough yeah. times where it's gonna help you. So uh, yeah. I can tell as, you. Or go ahead. I would say as someone who flew five A wings predominantly in the early hyperspace season and at, and at Adepticon, 
heroic is best used in mass for your list if it's mm -hmm. on a high amount of them meaning like ever like probably all your ships but maybe one yeah or on a singular ship like lulo or poe that benefits highly from that little extra push if it's necessary yeah so it's very few single ships or like in mass because it's just over time it is going to pay for itself yeah i was i was early in hyperspace i was flying a um poe lulo tally bastion list and i had heroic on uh, everybody but bastion and you know i went back and forth for with it for a bit like before i actually took it to a tournament and was like dad do i really need these you know kind of going back and forth and then i i took it to the davy hyperspace trial down in miami and i poe turned double blanks into double evades like almost i think like six times that day i mean it was it was one of those things i was like yeah this thing really paid for itself <laughs> mm -hmm. it was totally worth it but you know obviously that's that's some pretty crazy variants but it's gonna that stuff is gonna happen. I mean, even if you can just get one one evade out of it, like that's huge, on, especially on on Poe um, and Lulo too. But but Poe really benefits from any single evade he can roll. Yeah, wasn't it? I was just listening to one of your recent your most recent episode when you talked about Atlanta. Like, I'm pretty sure I heard Evader blanking out. Like, would it be nice? Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. I think that was the. Oh yeah, I think that was at the end of my. Uh, that was at the end of my hyperspace qualifier match. That was like the the, uh, the nail in the coffin. <laughs> mm -hmm. um, uh, one of the key things here, I mean, uh, Jess Pavo, uh, her ability is a little different uh, than it was in uh, 1.0, but uh, she really does not and um, draw a lot of fire early because her ability is well defensively uh, can be so good. Uh, I mean, guess only only being able to use it once. Uh, I mean, with a focus uh, that that could end up guaranteeing you two evades uh, pretty early. But yeah, um, forcing her but to her, use it defensively sounds pretty good. If yeah, you can. so yeah, if you can. But I mean, I guess you still have to deal with three of them, and they're really hard to kill. I I mean, it's funny when you go up against a T seventy after flying against T sixty fives. And you go, yeah, I, I, could, I could take it out pretty quick. And then you realize that one extra shield is there. Oh, yeah. Uh, and, and also with heroic and stuff like that, you know, all of a sudden they just, they become a pain in the ass to, to actually bring down. Um, so. Yep. That, that's that's a list that probably, you, you could probably still run uh, after the points update. I don't see any of these ships being affected. Yeah, not probably. Or, or not. heroic. Yeah, and I, I think they're going to be very careful to touch the, the 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 smaller factions because they're already so limited in choices. It's like if you nerf the hell out of something, it's like what are they going to use? So um, I don't think you'll see a lot coming in from for uh, as far as point increases for separatist or republic or resistance or probably first order. I mean, definitely not first order. It's not. I don't think there's anything doing well enough over there. Um, Some people argue tabs and can go up a little bit, but I think that's literally it. Yeah, yeah, and I, and I can see that. I just don't know that now's the time to do it, just because that that faction specifically is just so ship starved. It has nothing coming in wave four and five. <laughs> yeah, and it's it's, it's uh, like, the. the There'll be a surprise uh, wave for addition because oh, there, of the movie. No, there no this is for be. sure going to be a movie wave, and it's for sure going to have a lot of First Order stuff in it. I know, like, I'm not doubting that even one bit, but that's, you know, however many, six months away or whatever. So, 
It's Did just, you guys it's, watch the Resistance TV show? Yes. Okay, the, so we do have that red interceptor. I would yeah. hope sooner rather than later. I, I would hope too. I'm, you know, I, that one's. I, I've been talking about that one for a while because that's because I'm really actually excited for that. I'm I really kind of interested interested to see what a first order version of an interceptor is going to look, uh, you know, look like on the on the table. Um, and so yeah, I've been waiting for that one. I, I, it just seems to me like if i thought it was going to be in wave five and when it wasn't i was like mm -hmm. all right it's going to be christmas it's going to be with the move like it's i'm betting you're going to have first order is probably going to get that interceptor it's probably going to get it's obviously i think going to get the uh the sf silencer or whatever the hell that ship was that we saw briefly in the trailer so i think those will probably be the two ships for first order at least they may find another one to throw in there just and because just, they're, they're falling behind but and you never know because because it's probably considered marketing material for the movie yeah um it could be part of wave five we just don't know it yet because yeah. they are not allowed to say it so you, you oh just yeah never know. They, they could pop out in in, in, in a surprise well like, the problem you know, is I oh, think by wave, the way, wave five will be out so far before the movie though i mean it's probably going to be an early release gen con thing with mm -hmm. with like a with like an oh, October. Yeah, the not till December. I told you yeah, about that. Yeah, that's the thing. Like I'm just thinking back on how this has worked in the past when they've when they've had the other movies. And the earliest you'll see something is Force Friday, uh, which is in September sometime. Um if 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 they drop any sort of surprise thing for the movie, because that's how they dropped the old first order um starter kit back in like twenty fifteen. So that's the earliest you'll see any sort of surprise drop as far as something movie related um and even then they dropped that but then nothing else came out uh none of the rest of the first order stuff and resistance stuff they didn't really show off until the actual movie came out the rest of wave one or not wave one whatever wave that was that they whatever they called it um was came out like the day before literally the day before the movie came out on like december 15th or something so It'll be it'll, it'll be that I, I kind of tend to think that's how they're going to handle it, mostly just because I think they're mandated by Disney to handle it that way. Yeah. <laughs> but um, but it's been kind of the same MO ever, for every year that there's been um, one of the major trilogy movies. So but anyhow, we'll see. So back, all right. back to some of these uh, lists here. There's yeah. just one more. The top 16 list uh, that I mentioned earlier against the scum list, uh, the two A-wings uh two z95s and then nora uh that could be an interesting list too mm -hmm. that might actually be able to still transition i've seen a lot of arvel intimidation actually yeah um, i played against a couple here of those. Cut. yeah um i played against one of those um it was like a five it was kind of a weird list it was uh it was arvel with intimidation and um lieutenant blount and like a standard bandit and a uh, couple of other things. I can't remember. It was just a big mess of rebel. Like I, don't, I think it was like a, just a it was just a big mess of rebel stuff. <laughs> but yeah, I've I've seen that Arvel intimidation thing show up a, a number number of times. I mean, it's a it's a cool combo. It's one of the first things I thought about playing. Like when I first saw Arvel's um, reveal, you know, especially when they when when everybody realized that he could you know boost into things or whatever his you know ability lets him do. <laughs> so. Um, yeah, right. I think like Go ahead. he Arvel Intimidation Arvel has been like for as little as we've seen it a mainstay in the five ship rebel variants. Yeah, just because Intimidation and Crack Shots thirty eight points. Granted, that's like low points, but 
Lumo mm-hmm. does also fit in five ships. Yes. So um, I think a, kind of a secret cog in the wheel on that list is Aaron Kraken. A lot of mm-hmm. people forget, you know, after you perform an attack, choose a friendly ship at range one. Uh, that ship may perform an action, treating it as red. Yeah. So, I mean, can get another ship a target lock. Can, I mean, crazily enough, you can Arvel boost him into somebody in combat. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, which is pretty nuts. So, there's shenanigans. Or just, just being able to, oh, I mean, uh, Jake in that list too, being able to do his ability. Oh, yeah, like um, so you how can crazy twice. would it be when you could, yeah, you could use Kraken to give Jake more things to then give other ships more focus tokens. It could, mm-hmm. There's a rabbit hole. Oh, yeah. Yeah, for sure. Um, there's a lot of stuff that can go on there if you, you know, you combo all that stuff together. And we may see more of that after a points update and and that, that stuff, you know, kind of rises a little more to the surface of the... Uh, of these rebel beef variants because i don't think rebel beef is going anywhere i think it's just going to change it's just gonna, <laughs> it's going to yeah. morph into something else really you know whatever the points it yeah it's gonna it's gonna morph into whatever the points allow but i, I think it really it, the the crux is going to be what they do with leia um and then also what they do with any of the crew carriers for rebels yeah. uh because i mean you're not really seeing a lot of the um, Sheetapede, you're not seeing a ton of the, even the Ozatuck. Yeah. Um, you know, there's tons of crew carriers uh, in Rebels. Um, you see you see the Sheetapede every now and then, too. But, I haven't seen the Ozatuck at all. I don't, at all. <laughs> at all, yeah. I can't think um, of the time I've seen that. So, when you <laughs> when you talk about, like, maybe a three or four point, you know, increase in Leia, but then you talk about maybe a two or three point decrease in a crew carrier, you know, it kind of balances itself out a little bit. Um, and then maybe you can find some some abilities that could um, combo pretty well with some of yeah. the other uh, ships. Well, part of, part of the thing with the, the U-Wing specifically and why it's such a good Leia carrier isn't just the points, but it's also that everything about the U-Wing just works with Leia also. I mean, being mm-hmm. able to like pivot around for free when you do a Leia turn, um, is just always i think a huge thing and because that that ship becomes a lot more deadly when it can when it gets to pivot for free and still get an action so it's like i can get my arc wherever i need it to be and i get a focus or a target lock or whatever i'm going to do so or coordinate somebody if you if you want to do that but it, it i think it, leia just pairs so particularly well with with the u-wing um it's not she's not as i mean obviously her abilities good no matter what but she's not as scary on other carriers um just because the other carriers aren't intrinsically as good with her but i've heard of people doing some one reverse white shenanigans with leia on ap5 though oh yeah 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 that's definitely a thing i you know it's it's the uh i think that just the difference is that the pivot you know the the ewing can actually hit you know i mean ap5 is gonna hit you know roll two dice at you but the uh uh that pivot wing can actually be like i'm gonna pivot right here and roll four at you range one so <laughs> it's just a it's just a pretty nasty combo on top of all the other help it's giving to the b wings and and uh wedge and whatever else so all right is there anything else in that system open we want to talk about or we want to move on to uh the uk nationals grand championship uh i guess just to note the republic had a solid showing 
Yeah. You know, there was a couple Anakin Mace, you know, two torrents, Anakin Mace Wolf. That's mainly it though. Yeah. So, so it's there. Yeah. Jedi are, Jedi are okay. Anakin, uh, oh yeah, the the Republic is around, and it's um, it seems to be. I, I seem to find a little bit sprinkled in almost every cut. Um, it's it's kind of just poking around the surface, which is cool. I mean, it's. I really love the Jedi Starfighter, and I, I would I'd actually probably, I might be trying it out here some more myself soon. So, um, you know, I wouldn't wouldn't mind if it was uh, if it was good enough to use. <laughs> They're super fun to fly. Yeah, uh, and I mean, it's like flying soon tier, but without taking stress. Yeah, yeah. That's just nuts. Yeah. <laughs> so, all right. So on to the X-Wing Grand Championship in, uh, where is this at? Bir Birmingham, Great Britain. So the winner of this was, uh, I don't know. I'm assuming this is Bartos W. Uh, no last name. So, and he won, surprisingly enough here, with a five uh five resistance list um lulo with heroic crack shot and advanced optics greer with heroic and advanced optics uh tally with heroic crack shot and advanced optics and two blue squadron recruits with heroic and advanced optics so i'm actually pretty impressive to win uh to win a tournament this big i mean how many people were in this thing 195 players with uh with that list i think that's that's actually pretty uh, good yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, it's obviously, you know, it's a list that's been around. It's not like we haven't seen stuff like this, but I, I, don't, I haven't seen it perform this well in an extended, in this big of an extended tournament. Yeah, extended is specifically. The, the closest was probably, I mean, just my, I've gotten top 16 Adepticon. That's the, that's the highest I'd seen up until this point. Yeah. So, so, so yeah, it's, that's, that is a thing. Um, what else we have in here? We had Jack Mooney, uh, who was in uh, made the top four with his uh, his Han and Jake. I think it's the exact same version he flew at the uh, mm -hmm. at the, the system open. And another notable uh, oh Rasta Rasta Mace was also flying um, the handbrake on variant. I think so, the big thing to note was the second place Sam Davies uh, triple Jedi. Oh really? I didn't and even I've, see that. I've messed with this list also. It's uh, Mace Windu with uh, all of the Jedi are I four Luminara, yeah. Sacy Tin, and Mace Windu mm -hmm. all with R two Astromech and Delta B, and Mace Windu with Sense. Um, those things can block anything they want. Yes. And a lot of times you don't even need Sacy's ability. It's just kind of additional insurance, especially yeah. when if they all move after opposing like uh, swarm lists. Mm -hmm. Um. So it's it's difficult to nail down at all if you move before them and if you move after them and you're anywhere near like an AC type squad with two aces plus a thing, one of those two aces is going to get blocked and nuked. Yeah. And it's hard to finish these guys off with regen and they likely all take gas clouds. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I've, uh, I've gone against, uh, I don't think it was a triple uh, Jedi, but I've gone up against the whole... Uh, mace uh sense uh setup and it is just ex i think i was actually flying sutir um <laughs> sutir got harassed the entire match uh I, I couldn't i couldn't clear a maneuver uh because they knew exactly where i was going every single time so it's definitely something i make i'm always uh looking for ways to uh use blockers 
specifically. And it's, it's part of that whole thing of, you know, putting that burden on the opponent where they just don't know what maneuver to set, you know, because they, they could get blocked. Um, this with sense is just, it's ridiculous. Like you basically, yeah. you, it doesn't matter what you put down. You're, you're just going to get tore up because the, the, the action bar and with fine tune controls, you can just block pretty much any maneuver. Mm. Um, as long as you set just a, you know, standard to, you know, bank or something like that. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And, um, I'm surprised cause it fits in a list now. Like a lot of people are, you know, have obviously been taking the Anakin mace and two torrents. Um, and most people have dropped the regen right off mace for a higher bid and keep the R2 astromech on Anakin. Um, if you don't plan on putting a droid on mace, sense still fits and you're at 200, and that just means you don't have to guess with your blocks on the torrents. You can just always be right. Yeah. <laughs> uh, that's nice. Maybe so, I'll do that. Because <laughs> I, I, I'm still flying those two goals and uh, yeah. the two Jedi, so... And, and I, I, I really like... I do really like love the, the Republic at the moment, and I think um, I think when those... Uh, those Naboo fighters come out. It's I think the Republic may be really good once those Naboo fighters oh, come I'm out. So concerned. I know. I know. Yeah. I heard I heard you talk about it the other day, and 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 it is it is concerning. So we've got to you know points are going to be a thing. Um, Better be a lot. Yeah. I yeah. Do, yeah. A lot. God, please, please, no handmaidens and Padme and Anakin fit. Please, no. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's that's exactly yeah, what that's what everybody's looking at. It's like, yeah, yeah. It's like, oh yeah, can I get two handmaidens, Padme and Anakin into Jedi Starfighter into a list? Uh, that's happening. <laughs> I mean, could, could would you be willing to run calibrated laser targeting if you could make it work? Oh, I would. Mm, I'm assuming calibrated goes down anyway. I think it does too. Um, I would I would run calibrated. I actually really like calibrated. I'm, I I I kind of if I'm you run Soontir, <laughs> yeah. That's the thing is like I'm a, yeah I'm, I've I've been playing Soontir so much and just in you know in general. <laughs> so I'm like yeah I'm, you know give me the give me the bullseye. I'm, I'm bullseye things. <laughs> um, I want to give a uh, give a little shout out here to Oliver Pocknell, uh, just continuing to kill it with Fen and three zealous recruits. <laughs> yeah. uh, top 16 for for uh for ollie pocknell yeah um that he's like the uh he's like uh i'm trying to think of what the column exactly you know we had that one year worlds where tyler Tippett was like the only imperial player so he's like hero of the empire mm -hmm. i, I kind of feel like ollie needs some sort of name like that like hero oh, of the outer rim or something like he's that hero of mandalore yeah hero of Mandalore. oh there we go that's perfect there we go yeah oliver so. the protector at pocknell yes <laughs> like give him all the give him all the Mandalore type titles, yes. whatever works. Yeah, yeah. All, and then, all Ryan, then Ryan Fleming will yell from the background, "I was here too, doing yeah. the same thing." Yeah, he has been working on that. It's just it's been more prevalent to see Oliver in stuff in Europe right now. I yeah. know they've both been talking a lot about that list and how it can work and matchups and all that. So yeah, yeah. It's a super. I mean, it's just it, obviously it's just such a simple list, and uh, just to watch it, just to watch somebody be able to play it so expertly that they can take it to the to win hyperspace trials and cuts and and extended tournaments you know and stuff like that is just it's that's that's just pretty cool to watch it, it's such a cool it's a good little ship man like oh the, yeah the the ship ability is great you have linked actions mm -hmm. you can you know post maneuver you still get your focus um it's got a great dial there's literally nothing that would tell me that somebody that isn't good with protectorates 
couldn't succeed with this. You know what I mean? Oh, like, yeah. It's just a great, great chassis. So yeah, extremely um, similar to the Torrents. Like they got the barrel roll link to mm-hmm. evade. These guys mm-hmm. have the barrel roll or boost, which is even bigger. Yeah, link to focus with the Concord Protector title, which means if, again, if they don't hit their block, they get great defenses, likely at range one anyway. Yep. Yeah, it's a it's just a great little combo with uh with those abilities like the, the chassis is just very strong so obviously you don't really even need upgrades on it <laughs> um, and i still think to this day it's the most fairly costed ship in x-wing minus yeah. the skull squadron pilot i think the skull is a little over but uh, yeah. across the board fenrau old t zealous recruits yeah mm-hmm. i haven't had a reason for them to go up or down because as we can see they can be expertly played yeah but they can also just flounder in the wrong hands yeah oh yeah well that's a ship that will pop very quickly if if you're if you don't know what you're doing <laughs> i think another like i mentioned old Terok is is also a very silent uh a good 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 ship for scum yeah. that could oh, yeah. emerge uh once the points update happens if, if it doesn't if it's left on touch yeah scum, scum needs a little bit of a nudge somewhere in the, in the with the points and um i think uh I mean, we're already, you know, you're seeing a, f- a fair number of, obviously you got the dreadlocks, which, you know, I don't know how, you know, how I feel about that list. I wouldn't mind if they boosted that a little bit to, you know, that's, that to me is just, it's the scum version of Rebel Beef essentially. But, um, you know, the, there's some other stuff that's been showing up. Obviously you got the, the Fen and the, and the, the Protectorates. Um, I think, you know, Gurry, I mean, you've seen a lot of like, a lot of people like, I've seen a number of times people do, doing fairly well with like Gurian Fen as a two ship list. <laughs> um, you know, I think at the uh, the Orlando hyperspace trial um, that I was at, a guy made top four with with Gurian Fen. Yeah, um, I, I think uh, I think he took that to to system open. He he finished yeah. four and two. He was in. He was he had a play yeah. run in the round six. Yeah. Uh, a guy from Orlando. I'm, I'm missing his name right now, but yeah, uh, uh, Jacob so. Jacob Browning, I think. I don't know. Um, anyways, yeah, there was a lot. Uh, you know, I've seen that list pop up a few times. Um, you know, there's. I think Scum's kind of on the verge. It's. It's gonna. It needs one good piece to kind of drop a little bit, and uh, and you'll see things like Gurry and Fen and Old Terok and and that, those kind of things kind of uh, come to life a little more. Well, so we know in hyperspace they perform bad. In extend that they've only performed really well. In uh, granted certain caveats we we've seen oliver and ryan and other people running the fangs correctly yeah very few and far between uh drea is the reason why they pretty much exist at all and extended it seems so with those things in mind like so if if we're looking at season two of hyperspace trials coming up uh what what in hyperspace should be adjusted for for scum because it's hard because they got predominantly two heavily costed ships when put when all upgrades come together generally which is the falcon and the fire spray yeah mm-hmm. you're in between her fang and star viper to some degree and then like super cheap uh ships with both the z95 head hunter and the mining guild tie mm-hmm. a lot of things fill the same roles in some of that in some regard so it's hard to like find things that fill up space especially with any amounts of like staying power right yeah like beef you know 
Yeah, they. I think that's that's the main thing right there. Is just that the ship selection sucks uh, for hyperspace right now for first come. Yeah, that's definitely um, part of the problem. The, the ship selection sucks, the and sure. and they nerfed the fire spray after after the Bob apocalypse early in the game. But <laughs> um, so it's you know well uh, it'll be well that's and that's part of the points update is like okay what are they gonna you know uh, what ships are they gonna add you know what's what scum ships are in wave four um for like reprints um, the I, m3a yes or is that way five or four? Oh, actually yeah i'm not sure i know yeah. the jump master's in five products take a peek take a peek um because that obviously makes a huge difference because we know like we know whatever's coming in wave four is going to be um is going to be in hyperspace or hyperspace legal the question is, is do wave they... four going to be when they start adding and subtracting, or just adding? Yeah, again? that's that's the question. Are they just going to add in wave four, or do we even know if that's what they're going to do? <laughs> they haven't announced anything. They, they, you know, we have no idea yet. So, I mean, I'd like to think that at some point they're going to start subtracting. Um, I don't know if it's going to be wave four or wave five. I kind of maybe get the feeling it's going to be wave five, but. Um, uh, yeah, M3As are in wave five. Oh, so it's the other way around. Jump Master 4, M3, mm. 5. Jump yeah. Master 4. Oh, not even that. No, both scum ships are in wave five. Oh, really? There's so is there scum in wave four? Oh, there's nothing? Oh, geez. Well, maybe they'll just pick something to add. Um, you know, if, uh, when they, if they, you know, they might just pick something to add in. So we'll, we'll see what, what happens with that. But that, that could make a huge difference depending on what ship they, they end up adding. Um, yeah, the escape craft is a really good ship, and I think yeah, it's a good starting point for scum. You just throw that in there. Also, a yeah, it's a great little coordinate carrier. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then I have a fundamental Fenra. issue with that ship, though. Just it's an escape craft. Yeah, I know. what is it doing? <laughs> yeah, why, <laughs> why? Why does it have it, attack it, dice? <laughs> it doesn't have. Yeah, why? Why do my vultures have the same attack dice as a freaking escape craft? What is wrong? What is wrong and with then, this picture? Like, not only that, like, you, you can you can kind of tell that maybe this was developed before they really knew what was going on in the movie. Because yeah. it can dock out the back and not only the front, and it doesn't yeah. have to start the game docked. Yeah. Which is originally before the points up the first set of points updates, I thought they might have errated a little bit of it to say must start the game docked, which required you you could still have this cheap thing, but now you you have to bring a Falcon. Yeah. <laughs> yeah it's it is kind of a weird mechanic and the, like it is interesting that there's like yeah we're just gonna make this its own little ship it can do fly around it can attack things sure it's got guns of course the escape craft has guns it can barrel roll it can barrel Light. roll <laughs> sure. it a, a z95 is a red barrel roll but the escape craft that white, is white. <laughs> try spinning um, yeah that was like the that was like like the head banging head banging I was doing or uh, when uh, when the Skurg first came out in in, uh, in first edition, and I was like, look at this thing. Why can this thing barrel roll and my X wing can't? I don't get it. <laughs> yeah, it's just why does a K wing? What is happening here? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. This thing is huge. Why is it barrel rolling? <laughs> that was the thing I was most upset about with that. I don't. I mean, there was plenty of stuff to be upset about, but. <laughs> um, so yeah. So, anyways, we'll we'll see what happens with Scum. Uh, you know, hopefully, it kind of gets that little extra push it needs to kind of make a make its presence felt in the uh, in the meta again. 
But all right, anything else in this uh, UK championship you guys see worth um, noting? So I alluded to this earlier, I think, before we started, but um, we, we may be seeing a little bit of skewed list choices based upon the prize structure that rewarded people that placed high or in a, like top eight and top four or two yeah. to get faction-based prizes. Um, although it does show some interesting results, especially separatists, that it wasn't just dual infiltrator that was potentially successful. We saw um, the, the the eight drones, which we've seen successful before. Yeah. But two instances of Captain Seer, Kraken, and a bunch of drones, which mm -hmm. is cool. Um, and then Maul and five drones was also successful. Mm-hmm. Uh, utilizing Dooku crew, which we haven't seen much of, but we are all were like super concerned about. Oh, dude, yeah. I I can tell you a story about Dooku crew, man. I I was, <laughs> I I lost to I think I lost I lost to a separatist list using Dooku crew in the Orlando hyperspace trial. It was like the fourth round or something, and it was, it was a demoralizing game. Like I was playing that I was like because it's, it's it was Maul with hate and Dooku crew and um uh what's his face there uh grievous and you know there was a bunch of other upgrades involved too but those were like the ones that mattered and it was just like i'm trying to chip away at this guy and it's like what the i just can't do it like this this freaking dooku is just constantly refilling with hate it was it was a really frustrating experience um and it's actually like why i'm all on board with like hate getting some sort of point bump um, I think it needs to be bumped based on either agility or overall health value, like one or the other. Like, because because I don't think hate is bad is overcost or undercosted on things like uh, like Vader. Um, but on that on the separatist on the uh, the infiltrator with all that health, it's just it's just crazy. Yeah, it's hard to nail down if hate should if if and how it should be increased uh, based on what scaling. Because yeah. Um, you know, health or agility seem like one of the two that could be. Mm -hmm. um, but it's also like it's really only seeing a level of high predominance on these infiltrators. Because yeah. most people that like if they're going to take something off of Vader first, it's actually hate, not FCS or afterburners that I yeah. see in most cases. Oh, yeah. Hate's the first so, thing you take off them. Yeah. It's, it's more of like, a OK, this is like a additional thing that helped my force economy but like even kylos like people are taking advanced optics before then and i've seen some shenanigans where people using instinctive ink proton torpedo advanced optics kylo mm, yeah which just actually worked i've seen locally in some mm. people so um but yeah this this dooku crew um grievous hate maul uh, no tactical relay they just like here's five drones yeah. with energy shells yeah it's so. uh it's it's a gross combo, and I'm actually surprised I haven't seen it more. Um, the, like I said, the one time I played against it was was actually, I mean, it was a super. You know, I'm not generally like the kind of person who likes to use the MPE term, but that's that's what the that that game was. It was one of the few games of X-wing where I was really just like, this sucks. <laughs> it this, wasn't this fun. Feels familiar. Like, yeah. Like. It, like some old emperor once once beyond yeah <laughs> in editions before yeah actually the only other time I'd, i the only other time i think i'd really had that feeling in a game of x-wing was um nim miranda matchups 
um yeah that was really like the only other time like i was i i, I super hated them miranda but that was that was the closest i'd ever come <laughs> so you were part of the farmer hate train yeah yeah for sure yes <laughs> i was i was full on with farmer on that one um but uh, yeah because I, I was roll, you know because i'm like I've, you've probably figured out I, I play a lot of imperial aces so i was back in first edition at that time i was playing a um a Kylo uh, Omega Leader um, Palp Shuttle list, and which was actually really surprisingly good against um, the uh, uh, fuck. Why am I forgetting the name of it? Ghost um, Fen. Ghost Fen. Yeah. So it was actually like really good against Ghost Fen. It's just the one big weakness was Nim Miranda, and um, you know, of course, that's like the one thing I run into at the final table at, at a regional. So. <laughs> um, but yeah, that was that. Uh, I, I don't. I, I have a. I have. I, I have my own. My own personal kind of thing with bombs. <laughs> that, oh, uh, sorry. Some, no, it's fine. <laughs> I just have. It's. It's. Some, it's. You know, as an ace player, it's just like it's one of those things. Like you just. I just. It's not so much bombs themselves. It was. It was the trajectory simulator. The trajectory yes. simulator was just like. A, it was like what the hell is this <laughs> double sorry yeah <laughs> i had two of them in my list uh, yeah no it's fine i don't i'm not i'm not gonna hate on anybody for playing it it's just um uh, you so know me personally i have a, a strong dislike for it yeah so, you have a three as, whole as ship. someone as someone who has such a hatred for trajectory simulator do you think the fact that it hasn't been played like would you be concerned it going let's say if it went down two or three points from where it's at like make it seven or eight are you okay with that no probably not yeah i wouldn't be i mean the whole mechanics on bombs are are just better than they were in 1.0 now so it's not as bad as it was like there was just a whole lot of issues there obviously with with nim specifically being able to be yeah it's like oh i'm gonna drop this i'm gonna launch this thing as a a freaking ps10 so (laughs) oh yeah it was super ridiculous when in top 16 like i would i would face a rebel swarm or rebel beef like mix yeah and like my ezra moved after everyone so like i would move ezra up coordinate nim barrel roll him to get him yes. the right trajectory sim i i called it the 360 no scope trajectory yeah and just <laughs> yeah. launched it out into their into the where their blob was and then yeah. just fire off another harpoon torpedo harpoon <laughs> missile and those yeah. are a lot of words we don't want to remember anymore. remember yeah oh god <laughs> yeah that's well it's like i was actually i was i was super proud of that uh that one regional run when it you know making the final table with with what I considered to be a pretty wholesome list at the time. It didn't contain a bomb, a trajectory simulator, or a harpoon missile. <laughs> <laughs> everything had a front arc. Yeah, everything had a front yeah. arc. I mean, oh, like, so did I. Uh, we had the, the four ship rebel. That's what yeah. I felt like too. Yeah, like, except no, you had, I'm not using. Yeah, except you had freaking what's his nuts. You had you had Ozatux going on and uh, i had the loric uh, yeah, yeah the captain yeah. rex i know the uh, ways of the four ship bullshit yeah <laughs> the fair I ship rebel to, I, I took that to nationals when they when they came out with the cavern angel zell and i just threw <laughs> selfless on that and i said well yeah. this is worse yep <laughs> yeah. my favorite thing was going to that uh store championship uh, one time and i literally i bought the ozatuck and i took it out of its package and I flew it in my store championships list that same day. 
and I made final table. <laughs> I, yeah. I went undefeated until the final table because I flew that fair ship rebel. And I was like, those, I was like, I'll fly Loric with selfless and all the selfless, like was damage spreading with bigs and all that stuff. Yeah. It like, was uh, the golden days of X-Wing. Yeah. Oh, cool. <laughs> the black heart of X-Wing. Yeah. Right. So, I mean, you know, I've been playing since wave three, essentially of first edition. So, like a lot of that stuff that was happening in like the late the late years or whatever of, of X Wing one was somewhat scarring. But <laughs> is it weird for you now to like the highlight of around our wave three is like started off with like super fat Han and Phantoms again? Yeah. <laughs> it yeah. is kinda it's kinda weird in in that regard. Yeah, it's a little deja vu going yeah. on. Although I will say I will say the, uh, the 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 Phantom Swarm was never really a thing. Um, oh no, it's just the yeah. fact that the ships on the board look so familiar. Yes. Like you're, you're like not yeah. again. Yeah, um, yeah. You know, I mean, the, the, the even the Phantom stuff didn't bother me so bad. Um, I mean, I don't know. It wasn't really until it probably wasn't really until the uh, Jump Masters came out that it started getting like I was like, man, this is what it was. This crap. <laughs> um that's what started to kind of set me off a little bit but you know i stuck with it so it was fine <laughs> um all right well any other uh yeah i think that's about it for uk here um the other thing i just wanted to just gloss over here a little bit was just um and this is more back to the rebel beef conversation but the hyperspace trials that have all happened in like the last you know weekend or two here um i'm not going to go through all of them but they are pretty well littered with uh with the the to be a ux version of the rebel beef list um so it's 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 out there it's even better in hyperspace than it is in extended um so it's definitely a thing to keep an eye on as far as uh if you've got a hyperspace trial in the next month or so here before the points update um you definitely have to come up with either a a plan for it or just fly it so one of the <laughs> one or the other um you know speaking of you know okay plan for it what what do you guys think is you know what are some tactic strategies you know what 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 do you do against this list if you're if you're trying to a plan for it don't jealous <laughs> what unless unless you can out joust it Yes. Yeah. One of two. One. There's two ways to do it, and I've seen them both successful. One is the obvious one that people have noticed: tie swarm. Kind of yeah. gets them up pretty well. Yes. Because it's hard space, for them. Yeah. yeah it's, it, if, if we're looking at those trials coming up, if you're planning for it and thinking about lists, tie swarm has notoriously done pretty well when it is taken with a, someone who's taken a little bit of time to play it and use it. Yeah. The other one that has been a little more sneakier, but has shown up and actually did show up in the Kentucky trial that just happened, uh, Joe Canopa uh, took Kylo with hate and Tavzin in a star killer base. Just bring even bigger beef that won't die, but bring four dice guns. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And then Kylo endgames. Yep. Yes. Um, yeah, I think if you can, uh, you know, if you can pop something off the board, um, the faster you can get one of those ships off the board, it, it just makes a huge difference in its overall output. But yeah, I think, uh, you know, one thing I was looking at on MetaWing here is we had, so what do we have? We had uh, just in the last two weekends, we had 16 
versions of this almost identical list here um, end up in a cut of some sort, whether it was at a hyperspace trial or the system opens. So <laughs> that's a lot, you know, in two weekends uh, when you're looking at this and four of them actually won the events. So like the Durango hyperspace trial, the Seattle system open, the game cafe hyperspace trial, and then like a, a wave championship tournament, like a little local one. But re regardless, you just had a lot, you know, this list is, it really just is everywhere. So, you know, if you're, if you're not flying it, you, you better figure out what you're going to do against it. Besides um, this list stuff, um, just as far as like how to approach it, I think um, the, if you have high agility ships, uh, your top priority needs to be wedge uh, because it, he really does kill your variance uh, on being able to stay alive. Yeah. Um, so if you're flying, you know, some, some, you know, Delta Bs uh, or I guess not the seven Bs, but the, um, any three agility ships, uh, Vader, uh, Fel, mm -hmm. uh, something like that, uh, Kylo even, uh, that should be your top priority. Um, and then killing Cassian, early uh at least second uh to that if uh if you are an ace player or, or maybe even trying to see if you can take him out first uh kills a lot of the combos uh kills a lot of the maneuverability of the b-wings mm -hmm. uh, do remember you know what i mean if cassian's gone and leia's gone and braylon does this you know focus barrel roll whatever stress thing uh, that I, at that stage he can't do a one talent he can't do a 2k turn he can't stay in the fight, um, you know what I mean, if they both stay stressed. And then the B-Wings just basically kind of just float while you deal with Wedge. Um, so, you know, that could be a very, very early uh, setup for you. If you have the uh, the bodies uh, to kind of survive uh, that initial joust, uh, maybe just going all in on Cassian, getting rid of Leia and his ability uh, is a good way to just go ahead and, and really weaken those B-Wings and their maneuverability. Um, which is, I think that's the most important thing. Um, mm -hmm. so it just depends, depending on the list, if you have like four or five, I say go for Cassian first. Uh, if you have four or five ships, if you have like three or, or just some kind of ace ship, uh, wedge can just be very, very dangerous. So yeah. the I six and, and, and the lower agility count. Yeah. Well, and the big thing yeah. too, if you're an ace list, like, you know, in my, in my particular case, my matchup against Daniel, you know, getting, if. If I had gotten rid of Wedge, um, if I had gotten rid of Wedge first, that would have helped a lot because of also because of swarm tactics. Because basically, you know, Braylon, for example, was survived or was able to, you know, kind of do a lot more damage than he really should have because because of swarm tactics and because of the fact that even though I had two PS sixes, I couldn't just get him off the board before he shot at me. <laughs> so that that is a kind of a huge thing especially if you're if you're an ace player um is getting that swarm tactics off the board getting wedge off the board be just because he's so dangerous from a dice variance perspective with your with your aces yeah. um after that i think uh, it's kind of a little more up in the air like i think it's a little more target of opportunity at that point at least in my case um I think, uh, you know, but I, I would probably want Cassian gone more than the other two. Yeah, so. no, absolutely. And and one of the things, too, you have to keep in mind is obviously your points versus the opponents, um, especially if you have ships that are able to escape or at least arc dodge um, the B-Wings. Because if you leave those guys for last, you know, if you can set up, 
you know, a uh, couple of early engagements, get rid of casting, get rid of wedge. Those B wings are not maneuverable whatsoever. Oh yeah. Um, so now you can have a lot more open space where you can maybe arc dodge them to get some pot shots here or there if you still are behind on points. Yeah. But if you're ahead on points, I mean, you can do a five straight boost and it might take them two or three turns to even get to you. Mm -hmm. uh, so that's when you are able to use the clock to your advantage and obviously, um, you know, make sure that you can stall engagements uh, against the B-Wings because they're just not able to catch up to you. Um, so th th that's something that you need to pay attention to. And the B-Wings are so volatile to give up points that maybe a mistake, you know, in that mid game of getting them to chase and all that stuff, you can still snag, you know, a couple of shots here or there where you can get half points on the B wing and still come out ahead. Oh yeah, late um, late so. game, late game against the B wings, it's really easy to get around on them and get some points off of them. Like they're not gonna, they don't have the survivability to 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 hold on to their points by themselves. So um, it's definitely an easier. Uh, they're definitely easier targets in in the late game if you've got an ace or something left and um, wedge and uh, Cassian are gone. So, all right. Any any final thoughts on the uh, the rebel beef list, just in general, um, either strategies against it or just kind of what makes it tick? Uh, I think it's mostly covered. It's with um, Carlos mentioning wedge and Cassian being the prime targets. Um, it's really more of a situation of, you know, either one dying is a positive, more so than any than either two viewings. Uh, it's more like the opportunity that presents itself in mm -hmm. the in the game situation. If the opportunity is the same, then yeah, you got to look at your list. Um, not only the three agility ships, those two agility ships really are sort of in the in-between of uh, they lose that agility, they feel a lot worse mm -hmm. to some degree. Because even if you got two uh, with your aces, with the three agility, you, you still feel, okay, you know, if I get two paint, I'm more safe. I'm, you know, probably getting rid of two damage uh, if you're trying to stay defensive with tokens anyway. But those two agilities being knocked down to one by a wedge can spell pretty bad disaster for them because if they're in any of the other shots of we've seen two agility can go down to regular mm -hmm. stuff because it doesn't hold up all the time. Yeah. So, yeah, wedge is a piece that is, I mean, and the other thing too is he's probably the easiest thing in the list to pick off. <laughs> yes. Like, you know, he's, he has the least amount of health. Um, his He doesn't really have, he doesn't have braylon's reroll mods even like shooting at braylon at range three is actually surprisingly you know shitty <laughs> yeah so, i guess a def defensive reroll every yeah. single roll <laughs> yeah so it's it's not uh it's 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 not particularly fun dealing with trying to shoot at braylon at range three wedge at range three you know if he doesn't have his focus token or whatever like it, you you uh you're feeling pretty good about that shot but so anyways, I think that's what we got to talk about that. We're going to take a break and uh, we will be back uh, after this message from the Florida News Desk. This week in Florida, a central Florida man set fire to a house, then made a break for it in a replica of the iconic General Lee. Oswald Pereira allegedly started Tuesday's blaze after an argument with his ex-wife, which escalated to leading deputies on a chase through Marion and Levi counties. 
When cops finally caught up with the 44-year-old, he was found with burns over 15% of his body. Pereira has been charged with fleeing and eluding law enforcement, assault on an officer, and violating a domestic violence protection order. Thankfully, the woman was not hurt, and firefighters rescued at least two dogs from inside the home, say news reports. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the second half of your episode, Florida Man Plays X-Wing. And we are going to talk now a little bit about uh, the Buenos Aires Open. So um, as we've talked about a little bit before, and, you know, we've kind of made it known a little bit, but we're we're attempting to collect... Um, as much uh, prize support and swag as we can get to uh, send down to Buenos Aires uh, for that system open. We've had a few people send us some stuff already just in kind of the limited uh, discussions we've had on it. And, um, you know, we wanted to kind of let people know if you want to send stuff to us, um, go ahead, just message us on Facebook. We'll let you know where to send it. And uh, also, um, Carlos, you want to tell them about your Gen Con plan? Yeah, so basically, uh, we're doing a little bit of a handoff. Obviously, uh, DU in front of Minox Squadron podcast has uh, said he's going to be marshaling the event. So I'm doing a little bit of a handoff uh, for some press support I've already collected. Um, anything else um, that... Uh, so basically, we have until uh, then, uh, which is what the last week of July, um, to collect as much stuff as possible. I kind of want to go ahead and organize all that information, organize all that price support, put it in a spreadsheet and all that stuff so I can send send it down there to the guys so that they can figure out how they want to, uh, uh, you know, give out the prizes. Uh, so we have a little bit of time, just wanted to make sure uh, we collected it. Obviously at Gen Con, I'll be there. Uh, if people want to give more stuff, we can do some last minute additions. Um, and uh, yeah, like, like Steve said, just uh, send us a message. Uh, either on uh, Facebook or whatever, and, and just let us know uh, what you want to donate. I know some people are already mailing us stuff, uh, which is really nice. It's lo uh, lovely to see from the community um, and, and giving that support to them. I want to bring as much attention to that t event as possible. Uh, hopefully they have a really good, successful event, and, yeah. and maybe that can jumpstart some OP uh, down mm -hmm. there. It did sound like they had, um, I think on the, on the World's stream, uh, when they were doing all the world's announcements, they somebody did ask about uh, Brazil and South America and stuff, and they s very vaguely said that they're working on it. So <laughs> hopefully there is some actual official OP support coming their way yeah. pretty soon. Um, and ships, you know, like I know like Brazil didn't didn't get much of second edition because it fell off a boat literally. So, <laughs> um, so yeah, so it'll yeah. be, you know, hopefully some more will be coming their way on in, in that front. Yeah. And as long as, um, you know, I guess as long as the South American community knows that, you know, the, the U S community is there to support, um, yeah. you know, even if it's not from an official, uh, OP, then, uh, hopefully we can just kind of bring that, uh, bring that to light that you know we're mm -hmm. all in this together so whatever we can do to help that'd be great yeah and one of my favorite parts about x-wing has always been just the, the the size of the community just even like from a global standpoint you know just knowing that there's people you know playing in australia and playing all over europe and and playing in asia and just all these countries all over the place i i just think it's really cool and you, you hate to see a place that has a community uh, that wants the game and there is there is you know there is a lot of interest and it's just being allowed to die on the vine through lack of support so that's that that's kind of what we want to 
help with as best we can and you know shed light on and hopefully hopefully ffg gets whatever issues there are with the distributors down there worked out so that 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 can be fixed going forward but so so yeah so that is the buenos aires plan and uh, like i said just hit us up on facebook if you'd like to donate anything or you know whatever even if you just want to send best wishes so um so all right what was uh what were we going to talk about next the oh yeah we're gonna talk about points so we obviously we got the points update um coming out at the end of this month uh was it june uh, 25th is that the stream date that is, yeah. that is um, the stream date some yay. people are speculating it may not come out on the day of the stream though uh it's very yeah it's possible they might not give the full list on the day of the stream but it should be right thereabouts so um you know there's a lot of obviously there's just eh, everybody's got speculation on points and um we try not to do it too much but since we got this big points update coming out we're going to take a minute just to uh just to throw our, our our hats in the ring and just say okay what what, what the hell do we think is going to happen here <laughs> so uh let's go around the horn here uh carlos what what's uh what's one thing uh you think may go uh up or down uh well one of the most obvious is uh, something will happen to the quad phantom setup um you know there's been some some good solutions out there that people have thrown out is either uh losing that talent slot for the the, the sigma uh, that seems to be the easiest uh fix um and then obviously uh increasing the cost of that and juke um i i really do think that increasing the cost of juke is important mainly with what we might be expecting here with the m1 uh starfighter yeah, yeah. Uh, since that will be a very obvious juke carrier mm-hmm. so we kind of need to be careful i don't know if it's maybe um if there is a way where they can just kind of you know specify specific chassis and say like well these ships it costs this much uh the the defender the phantom and and the n1 yeah uh which have a very easy action uh evade action uh, available uh with a combination of their normal actions so Mm -hmm. um so maybe they can do something like that if not uh just increase it overall or increase it you know based on some specific um you know type of, of, of setup but more or less uh i think the sigma and and juke in general that combination is going to go up yeah as far as what's what's going to come down um one of the weakest factions i think is is uh scum um so in hyperspace uh, we're, we're looking pretty limited as far as what they can do uh maybe they'll just you know cut the yt1300 a little bit on points um just to you know since that's the only big base ship uh, that's available uh maybe they might have overshot things with the fire spray maybe they might actually uh let that come back into the mix because i mean uh, you know you have it's, it's an iconic ship uh to not see it at all uh on the tables is, is mm-hmm. uh, it's not good for the game i think um so those are two ships that i think maybe might just uh, have another uh, points tweak uh, in extended though, I think you know you have a ton more options. Um, the uh, IG, the um, uh, Jumpmaster needs to continue to come down in points. Uh, the Lancer might actually see uh, some point decrease where it might not even need it. I've seen Ketsu uh, have some success, uh, so those are some interesting ships that I might look at. 
uh, once that you know points update happens, uh, specifically the Lancer class uh, for extended. I think yeah. that uh, Ketsu is pretty good. So those are the ones that I'm looking for uh, once that uh, comes around. Yeah. All right, Ryan, what do you think? Um, well, it was our topic earlier, Rebel Beef. Um, I think the point, the spots at which can be adjusted, as mentioned earlier, um, Swarm Tactics should be initiative scale. Cassian needs to be up there with the highest cost, U-Wings, um, and Leia, you know, six-ish, right? Yeah. Uh, beyond that point, it's hard to tell how many, one or two more points for the, each of the named B-Wings only. I'm not too concerned about generic B-Wings. No. Um, uh, after that, you know, if you want to stay in the Rebel faction, it's not as much a points update as it is just fix the rules clarification. Um, to fix Kanan and inertial dampeners, renege on that, go back, mm-hmm. it was wrong, don't do that again. Yeah. Uh, we've we've learned our mistakes from Dash and Han Gunner. <laughs> yeah. So just same same rotations, just do this ring it all back in, do it over again. Yeah. Um and it's take away the illicit slot on the Falcon, maybe. Um I just I think it's it's specifically the issue is Han. I think Han as a ship can go back up a little bit. I, I mean, what we saw was almost a 10 or 12 point decrease on those Falcons. Yeah. Originally. So because Han specifically has an issue with the inertial dampeners being uh, still powerful, yet not as powerful with the fixed decaying and inertial dampeners interaction. And then on top of that r2 crew it's han's reroll ability that makes it that much better mm-hmm. so because it's his ability and it's him in the ship at i6 his value as a pilot himself should probably go back up a little bit yeah so um that's at least on the rebel side since they seemingly are some of them have them some more powerful effects uh things that could probably go down um you'll hear me you know i vultures probably i it's hard because they're so cheap but you want yeah. to be able to take care of the multiplicative value of like i can take this many more of things now because if you lose even one point on them that may free up like six to eight points depending on the list you're building mm-hmm. um so i one point decrease because we see that you know them as a chassis is underwhelming and I feel like they are the bread and butter to the faction, at least ideally, just how the mechanic was just created. I don't think FFG really envisioned dual infiltrators to being the high, highly used separatist list besides, I mean, I've seen success in the eight vultures. So, um, so tie FOs, I think just the basic tie FO fighter can go down a little bit as well. Yeah. So those are kind of the ones that I've mainly looked at, just trying to help out those new factions, or at least the ones that have a lower ship count, um, to make sure that everything they have has value and nothing just completely drops by the wayside and has no usage. Yeah, yeah, for sure. So for me, it's, um, I think as far as going up, I mean, I agree with everything you guys said. Um, 
I didn't agree with Juke until I saw the N1. <laughs> um, I was kind of more on the like just raise the Sigma a little bit so that it can't fit a bunch of Jukes in there. And then, <laughs> until I saw the N1, I was like, okay, you're going to have to do something about Juke. Um, I really think Hate um, needs to go to some sort of adjusted system. Um, I don't know if it's – I'm not sure yet if it's if it should be agility or or – overall health value i kind of lean a little bit more towards overall health value just because i think it can, ha it can have a, a higher level of granularity with agility you really only have three levels so the with with if you go by the overall health you could say okay so anything under you know five or under it's three points and maybe five to eight it's four point i, I don't know whatever that is i think it can give them a little bit of better control over where that upgrade sits on certain ships. Um, and really the only problem, I don't think anybody thought pro hate was a problem until the Sith Infiltrator um, made such incredible use of it. And, uh, but the, the Sith Infiltrator actually in a lot of ways reminds me of the um, the the double aggressor lists from 1.0, where they came out with a ship that just had way too many upgrade slots and they didn't really realize it until it was out there with like 500 upgrades on two ships. So it, um, it really kind of reminds me of that list a lot. But uh, yeah, so I think hate needs some sort of adjustment in that way. Um, trying to think as far as coming down. Um, hmm. I don't know. I guess I, if you're still thinking about that, both there's both of you mentioned Juke. A lot of some of the prevailing... Uh, thoughts on juke increase is based off of amount of ships that are taking it yeah so when you take the first juke it's either like four or five points because yeah. they're adjusting the scaling as soon as you take the second juke every juke then costs x amount more and then mm -hmm. the third juke it's x amount more so it's scaling based on the amount of them that are taken because it's mathematically better at a higher amount oh yeah yeah that would make sense uh, yeah. So that that's putting a lot of pressure on the uh, FFG uh, main squad builder to get that <laughs> programming I mean, done I right. Handle it. <laughs> we we know the point scaling on the PDFs. None of us actually use the app. We just go to you know your normal third yeah, party apps. Yeah, Yasby will figure it out, so it's fine. <laughs> yeah, and honestly, when they did the first points change and they put in scaling i was surprised how early they did that in the yeah yes yeah. i i did not expect to see scaling points until like now essentially yeah mm. um actually you know what i think um i think i'd like to see calibrated laser targeting on the jedis come down um i think it's just hasn't it's just not getting played at all and for for my money at least the the way that i would like to play the jedi is is more that style than with uh than with the delta uh, the delta basically just turns it into a into an x-wing or something you know a more maneuverable x-wing but it's still you know that chassis wise it's sim more similar <laughs> after after the delta 7. so i i would like to see the the, the calibrated laser uh, targeting come down a little bit um trying to look at the point cost here so, so it goes up to 10 at initiative six yeah for um, is 10. Yeah, so I, I don't know that's how. A lot. Yeah, that is a, that is a that is a lot for something that's that's kind of becoming an extra tax on your force tokens. Um, I, I would probably maybe maybe come down two points a level on the initiative here. Um, you know, maybe eight at the top end 
and then down from there. I don't think uh, the pilot, you know, you've got <laughs> your pilot skill twos, whatever, whether they kind of use it or not. Um, you know, that maybe it's free or maybe you still just leave it at two and you make the twos and the threes cost two points. But yeah, I so think I'd, the, I'd like to see that one come down. The mathematical, the barring the mathematical difference aside, because it's bullseye based, how much would you spend for, like we know crack shot is one point, right? Yeah. And granted it's mathematically different specifically than adding a focus result for the Jedi, but that's kind of guaranteeing a hit in a way crack shots kind of guaranteeing a hit right mm -hmm. so like how much would you spend for infinite crack shot maybe sort of the how much should c calibrated be right yeah yeah um, i think it, it just depends on the the obviously you still should be initiative base um and it depends on how many times you feel like you can trigger that ability um, so, you know, in the, in a span of a game, if you can trigger it three or four times, you know, maybe bringing it down to like six or seven points, you know, might be enough. I, I'm, I'm not really sure. I mean, it's a good question. Um, but it, I feel like that that should be basically the value kind of multiplicative and it's so hard to, you know, valuing it at one crack shot. Is it one, 1. 1.5, you know, 1.7, you know, like where is this true, true value? And that math wing doesn't really uh, exist now that uh, Bum Randall has, has kept yeah. it to himself. Like, when I chatted with Chris <clears throat> Allen at Prey Cup and we kind of talked about guesstimating points and talked about like, in my mind, I was like, you know, what do you think CLT? Like, I like I was like I was ready to say like two points for CLT. Yeah. Just in general, like this bullseye only. Yes, it can happen all the time, but it is it does use your force. You have to use it to get your result. But I guess knowing how the Jedi have uh, worked and played as recently, I wouldn't say two anymore. Like if I if yeah. I would say like three to four at minimum. Mm-hmm but that's not even taken to the initiative scaling in account. So, yeah. Yeah. And I don't know that the, I don't know that initiative scaling is even the best calibration for it. Um, I almost think it should just be like force, force pool scaling because it really has way more value. The more force points, you, the more force tokens you have. Yeah. So Ma I can, Mace can get easy value out of that versus say like yeah. Plo Koon. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, realistically, it's it's the it's the threes. It's Mace, Obi-Wan and Anakin who can actually, I think, make use out of CLT. Um, I think the ones with two or less one, because their abilities are really using like are eating up their force anyways, and they only have two. It's just not that useful. Um, it's very easy to become four starve with the Delta 7B title. Yeah, I can only imagine with CLT, it's just it's it compounds. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah. So, uh, you know, I I would say if if you're going to calibrate cost on it, I think force pool is probably a better way to do it than uh, than initiative. Um, although I mean, I get it, I get it with initiative because with this with Anakin at a six, you're you're having easier time bullseyeing things. But uh, you know, I think overall, what the bigger impact on it is your overall force pool. That you that you have to utilize it, but um, but yeah, I I definitely like to see that come down because I think that for me is a better is is more kind of up my alley 
on the, uh, the the style of play with the Jedi Starfighter. Um, so, anyhow, I think uh, I don't know any other any other standouts. I, I can't think. I, of... I think for me is uh, there, there's some couple of ships that need to be careful on the points adjustment. I think mm-hmm. there's some that are. I feel like uh, they're costed fairly as is right now. They're not flown because they're not broken. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. Tide Defender is one of them. Uh, I think that one yeah. needs to be, they need to be really careful about uh, bringing the cost down on those, mm-hmm. uh, mainly because uh, they, the, the, the action bar, which, you know, so imagine, you know, just thinking overall that they won't change the action bar, they're not going to change. They're not going to reprint or or whatever change text that all that taken into assumption. This chassis is way too powerful. Uh, the action bar is way too powerful. Uh, the ship ability and then the combination of the fact that they decided to add a shield. Why not? Yeah. And then also <laughs> add yeah. a 2K turn. Uh, even though it's red, but you know there's flexibility. The 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 only way to go up against defenders in 1.0 was to block the 4K. Uh, now they have another you know way to turn around. So uh, yeah. that's a chassis they need to be really really careful uh, with. Uh, even though it's not being flown, uh, they can't just go ahead and start slashing points. It'll get everywhere. Until, yeah. <laughs> yeah, until it becomes viable uh, in a list. Another ship uh, to be careful with is the TIE Silencer. That's another really good chassis that mm-hmm. I think is pretty fairly costed. Uh, we saw you know somebody take the uh, first order uh, test pilot, two of them with quick draw, uh, do really well at a system open. We see people that know how to fly Kylo really well, do really well with him. So yeah. um, it's it's a very, um, it, it's one of those, it's, it's kind of like a, having vader uh you know for empire except better uh you know you have the auto thrusters ability um you you have the natural boost um so you have some other toys like fanatical is a great great upgrade um and i think we should see more of it uh yeah. come you know an fo uh emergence um, so the TIE Silencer is another ship that needs to be, like, they really need to be careful of costed. As long as well as any other ship that has a ton of upgrade slots. Yeah. Um, as always, if you make a tweak, like two, three points there. Large ships, too. I mean, like, like you mentioned, um, the Millennium Falcon going down like 10, 12 points. You know, making those huge swings can really, really affect uh, their power level when you start considering what you can load them up with. Um, so the VCX, uh, for example, is something that I, I think obviously needs to be uh, carefully looked at. A lot of the large ships mm-hmm. are huge upgrades. The Decimator, um, which already has shown some success with Minister Tua, um, with Rear Admiral Sherno, because you can get an offense and defensive mod. Yeah. If they knocked out both that upgrade and Sh- uh, Rear Admiral Sherno, now you can fit more stuff with it, you know. So uh, those are just the kind of things that mm-hmm. I would look at if they do reduce in points. I'd probably look at figuring out ways to break those ships. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I don't because I don't think good. they'll uh, they'll drop the silencer again. Um, I do kind of wish they'd give it a mod slot back. <laughs> like, 
We don't need afterburners, Kylo. Oh, come on. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I don't know. I mean, it's just it, I one of the things that uh, I, I felt like I, I felt from the beginning like they were they, they put on like super kid gloves with Kylo from the beginning. You know, it was like, OK, he's not going to be a six. He's going to be a five. He's only going to have two force instead of three. Um, we're going to take away we're, at first we're going to make him super expensive then we're going to take away his mod slot uh, he's not going to have a system slot like they used to have like <laughs> there is they, they've they've been very kid kid gloves with kylo especially and and which i think has bled into the rest of the um into the rest of the silencers which i mean i understand you know obviously supernatural kylo is is really good uh, it's crazy expensive because you're spending you know 24 points or whatever the hell it is on supernatural reflexes now but um i think they need to find a way to make him a little bit better without having to use like not better than supernatural version but like somewhere in between without having to use supernatural reflexes for all those points um so i don't know that's just kind of my opinion on on the silencer i i don't think it needs a point de decrease um but i kind of feel like it needs something and the faction really kind of needs something because it's like you've got these two sixes in quick draw and midnight that are not aces and the one ace in the in the in the in the list in the faction is kylo and he's not a six so <laughs> it just feels kind of bass backwards to me but um you know we'll we'll see what they end up doing with it I, i'd like to you know on a lot of this has to do with the new ships too like um you know we'll see what happens with the new first order ships that eventually come out but um I, i'm kind of really rooting for the first order myself because i i that's i kind of hop back and forth between wanting to do imperial and first order lists so it's kind of where i sit a lot but <laughs> um so yeah so we'll you like playing the good guys yeah yeah well it is kind of funny because like i am i am like i am a, like as far as from a star wars fandom perspective i'm a total rebel like i'm a good guy like i i'm not i'm not like you know super empire fanboy or anything like that but like from an x-wing standpoint i just i got into the play style and i just that's I, i'm just all about it now so <laughs> it is uh it is kind of funny how that worked out because like for a while i refused like the first like year i played x-wing i refused to play anything but rebels um i didn't i wouldn't play empire <laughs> but you know then i got i i discovered sunter so <laughs> um all right well any other uh any other points on points i think one thing we didn't touch the resistance faction i think we're all generally assuming the a wings are going to go up a little bit yeah it's going to vary probably i assume lulo gets goes up the most tally a little bit more and then everyone kind of follows with little less increments after that yep it's going to be interesting to see because we can also make the argument that the scavenged yt13 and the star fortress both could use decreases to some level but like either one of those could be one of those like be careful like if yeah. they decrease X amount, we could see thing get a little worse, but we've only seen high success with things intermixing the A-wings at this point. So mm -hmm. I'm curious to see if how much FFG will think the A-wing should increase at, at least Lulo, because Lulo at 38 is a yeah. clear value beyond anything it's else I think is oh, in the yeah. game right now. So yeah. um, he clearly needs to go up 
Um, how much the other A-Wings follow, we'll have to see. <clears throat> and if they do follow enough, do they help compensate for the faction by allowing... I mean, the Star Fortress arguably could be maybe cheaper, but might not be terrible to keep where it's at. Um, but the scavenged YT has seen almost zero competitive success. Yeah. I think it's one of the like lowest ships in Meta Wing right now. Yeah, it's real bad. <laughs> so, but uh, before Wave 3, when they added stuff in the hyperspace, um, I was tooling around with a han uh in the scavenge yt c3po crew and tac officer to utilize i6 coordinate and still getting a calculate token and then having ray gunner mm -hmm. for either a force mod or a blank mod on offense so it's pretty consistent three dice shot while also still having i6 coordinate for like lulo yeah so there's stuff there it's just a high cost right now and it just doesn't work with the current meta yeah yeah yeah, the Star it, Fortress and, uh, with the Electro Proton Bomb and all that stuff coming out, um, which can still be a carrier with the trajectory simulators. Uh, you kind of have to be careful on, on costing them too low to the point where you can just kind of cheaply plug that into a list. And I'm not really add, overly concerned about the Electro Proton Bomb. I just feel like it's, it's going to be like the scare tactic at most mm -hmm. and your opponent has to find a way to capitalize on it and i'm not sure how well they're going to do that while not also getting hit by the bomb yeah the only thing i'm slightly concerned about with that is is nim um i know nim can't carry it but you know putting it on a y-wing or something and then nim just just sitting it on the board and like yeah this whole part of the board is just off limits uh, i i I think that could end up becoming a little bit of an issue just because of that wide two range band girth it has. So, yeah. um, and you got to look at Y wings and scum that can also take genius. So that adds yeah. to their, like I could like the Y wing could move and most Y wings would have to drop it in the next system phase. Well, if yeah. they move and they already like where they are, they could genius drop that instead yep. and Nim could decide to hold it. Yeah. Yeah, it's it, that. That's the one place where it concerns me a little bit, just because there's the Nim and, and those Y wings and Genius and stuff have so many ways to to fiddle with how that mechanic works. Um, so that, that that one kind of makes me worry a little bit, but you know we'll see. Um, overall, like I mean, when I remember when I first saw it, I was like, I think the first it, what caught my eye was the two range band, and I was like, oh my god, a bomb with two range, like that was. But when I really looked at it, you know, as far as what it actually does and you know, if you think about this from a certain perspective, um, so like, let's say from a, you know, from my perspective, playing Sunter a lot, that's kind of like the first thing I think about. I'm like, okay, what is this going to do to Sunter? Well, really not that much. It actually can't do any damage to Sunter. He doesn't have shields. So <laughs> it's, yeah. you know, as long as he doesn't get, and he has at least two turns to figure out where he wants to be when the thing goes off. So he can probably be at the very least be running away to a point where being ioned and maybe getting some some disarm tokens isn't really going to matter anyways um you know or he you know rolls the blanks i think and, and takes the shields that don't do anything so it's you know the bomb itself it's very it's very situational i mean it's a big area of effect but um i think uh the only place that it concerns me a little bit is just 
scum with Nim, just being able to 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 game that system. But uh, but we'll see. We'll see how that plays out. So. All right, well, we are gonna do a quick little events um, update. So we had an article, uh, not really an article, but they just updated the hyperspace trial list today with wave two of the hyperspace trials. So they got all the dates in there for all the, for all the stores that have a wave two hyperspace trial. So if you uh, didn't make it to a wave one hyperspace trial or didn't win one and you're still looking to get a world's ticket, um, this is gonna be the place to do it. Um, we have one, uh, actually, we have one the first weekend of Wave 2, July 13th, at uh, Cool Stuff in Jacksonville that I'll be running. Um, so that'll be a, a big, fun event. Um, I think from, you you messaged somebody on uh, Twitter, right, Carlos? And you got a response about, about the world's ticket? Right. Uh, so I did a message uh, OP, and they mentioned that the, Basically, for the second season, uh, if you win a world's invite uh, within two months of the world's uh, tournament, which is October sixteenth, it starts. Mm -hmm. um, so that would make it what? Uh, uh, I can't. I can't. Uh, August sixteenth, right now, yeah. roughly. Yeah, roughly. So sometime mid uh, mid August, if you're winning, uh, sometime beyond that. Uh, you have the eligibility to go to either uh, the 2019 Worlds or the 2020 Worlds, uh, just dependent on your travel, you know, availability. Um, so that's uh, good news. So you kind of have that flexibility. Obviously, you know, uh, anything after that, you'll be most likely to be qualifying for 2020. Well, not most likely. The only yeah. tournament. <laughs> yeah, you'll be qualifying for 2020 Worlds after that. Uh, so some of the early ones, you know, you, you there's still a chance uh, to make it to this one. Yeah. Uh, and it so. also looks like it's going to be a new kit. They haven't announced what the prizes are going to be in it yet, but uh, it does it does appear to be uh, it's a, at the moment it's going to be uh, an updated or revamped kit. So, you know, new design on the templates, new design on the dice. Um, you know, I don't know if they'll do all the kind of exact same prizes, just do different designs, but we'll we'll see. So, um, you know, we know the regionals and the hyperspace trials have kind of a standard thing, at least generally speaking, you've got your dice and you've got your templates. Um, you know, outside of that, obviously it can change up, but those, the dice and the templates are kind of always there. So, um, so yeah, so we'll see, hopefully they'll have an article out soon that will uh, give us a sneak peek at what those, uh, what those prizes are going to look like. Um, and definitely uh, head on over to the FFG page and take a look at the hyperspace list because it has all those new dates and times and stuff and see if you've got a local one coming up for you. Um, so any other event stuff we want to talk about? You got anything going on down the Space Coast, Carlos? Uh, well, we just did uh, an interesting format. Uh, we just did this past weekend was a band tournament, which uh, those are always fun. Yeah, people uh, ban cards and, mm -hmm. and stuff like that. So, uh, but we are uh, in the works of planning a hyperspace uh, tournament. Most likely, we're shooting for the uh, 29th. So it'll be uh, hopefully after the points update, and hopefully um, enough time to get people to start practicing for that Jacksonville tournament. Um, cool. So yeah, that's what we got planned uh, so far. 
Yep, and we're we're hoping to have a good turnout. We, we're we're gonna have um, room for sixty four players at uh, at the Jacksonville Cool Stuff, um, and we're we're I'm gonna be using Tabletop uh, To. So if you aren't familiar with that um, and you're planning on coming, go ahead and familiarize yourself because I'm gonna use that for list submissions and stuff. So, but I'll post some more info on the event page um, that I've, I, I kind of, I posted, I spammed the event page out to the, out, out to the internet today. So um, I look there for updates as far as uh, list submissions and pre-registration for tickets. Cool stuff is working on a ticket, um, ticketing page right now that they should have hopefully up and running in the next couple of days here. So, um, so yeah, so keep an eye out for all that. Um, anything going on in your neck of the woods, Ryan, that you want to talk about? <laughs> Um, we have our Michigan hyperspace trial for season two, September 13th, 14th and 15th. It's oh a smaller store, but they set it up so that they could have like afternoon to evening Friday of the, you know, set aside 32, yeah. uh, max on that. So they play and then Saturday we'll have 32 max players available to people who are more likely uh traveling yeah, i like and it and then we'll have a cut on su sunday cool that's that's so, like that's a great way for a smaller store to, to to hold the event i like that yeah um i've unfortunately heard of a lot of small stores just flat capping all of their swiss at less than 64 and i know yes. 64 was the as far as i know the minimum requirement for people to get a hyperspace trial it was awarded yeah it and then they don't do it so that's kind of off-putting for other stores that probably had the space that didn't get awarded it because of whatever reason yeah so um it's a good way to if you can convince your local store that maybe is capping it under 64 to maybe have a friday nights for the locals to play in their swiss and then take those top four or eight and then take the next top four or eight to make a top eight or 16 completely for the sunday yeah no that's a cool idea i like it so yeah the um I mean, I think the the hyperspace trials have been pretty cool. One because they they did open up the registration to so many more stores. Like you know, regionals used to be so limited with the, with the three per region rule, and um, you know it was cool seeing a lot of stores that didn't normally get these kind of events start to get them. Um, uh, but yeah, like you said, unfortunately we had a, there's a few incidents where you had these stores that were too small to hold to hold them um that held them anyways and and ended up capping you know below the 64 minimum required for the to to, to even be eligible to run the event so <clears throat> but anyways it's uh you know it's it's a it's cool to see this many stores in this many areas kind of have these um these uh ability to hold these kind of larger regional style event so um, all right. Well, I think that's going to wrap it up for us. You guys want to give any final, uh, final shout outs or goodbyes? Uh, shout out to you guys. I've been listening to you, uh, since I've seen you at least post on Facebook about episodes to X-Wing Podcast Central. And thanks for having me on. It's been good listening during work weeks and, uh, good times. And I look forward to, to, enjoying drinking time in person at events in the future yeah. between ocx <laughs> and florida men yeah absolutely for sure oh, i'm looking forward to gen con absolutely yeah. i i wish i was I, I do wish i could could go to gen con this year i do have a uh, i got a bachelor party i'm going to instead so don't worry i'll be doing plenty of drinking but <laughs> just, just have the bachelor party 
at Gen Con. Oh, that's Just not a terrible idea. Just take the party and idea. move it over there. Yeah, it's not, yeah. I mean, we're move, moving it from Orlando to Gen Con, so it's a big move, but maybe. <laughs> um, but anyway, yo, Ryan, thank you so much for coming on, by the way. Like, um, you know, obviously Joe couldn't make it tonight, so we, we were like, man, we need to find somebody. So uh, I am just, the Joe this week. You're the Joe. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, yeah, no, it was just it was uh, it was great having you on and uh, really appreciate it. I've been a OCX listener, avid listener since um, pretty much the beginning. I want to say the first episode I listened to was like episode nine. Um, Ooh, something like that? that. I'm going to look that up. Yeah, I don't remember what it was, but I remember, I just remember it being like, I think I remember like hearing something vaguely about this podcast. There's like this, oh, yeah, I started seeing stuff for it on Facebook or whatever. And I remember, it, I, I just remember, I remember distinctly it being episode nine. I don't remember what it was about. I just remember it being episode nine. <laughs> um, but no, I've, I just, I just uh, always have loved the OCX uh, ethos and uh, I kind of uh, subscribe to it myself. So um, yeah, I great. wish we thought of your guys' slogan. Uh, <laughs> dials down bottoms up yeah that's a good one <laughs> yeah yeah that was that was all joe 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 uh joe came up with that like literally while we were recording the first episode like oh, <laughs> <gay> me <laughs> yeah so uh joe. so yeah no i'll give give joe all the credit for that one um i think he just said it like we were doing the episode and and like he's just like because the first episode was just me and him and uh and it was like a test like we were doing it and we're like okay let's what's it like to do a podcast let's just record something and see what happens and i think he like just did that and i was like that's pretty good so <laughs> so episode it, uh, nine was ramblings and strategies with du oh yeah that sounds right that might that might have been why i heard about it because i was already listening to minox at that point and uh that's probably why i listened to that episode actually that would make mm -hmm. sense so, all right. Well, appreciate it, Carlos. You got any shout outs? Uh, no, just uh, happy. Well, uh, just shout out to everybody. Uh, last week, I didn't really get to do it. Uh, the Space Coast guys that went out to the system open. Uh, so, Kendrick, uh, Chris, obviously, finishing top 16. Proud of him. Yeah. Um, well, he was on the show. <laughs> yeah, he was on the show, uh, John. But yeah, it was just it was nice uh, seeing everybody come out. I, we would have probably had more um but a couple of our friends had uh other plans so yeah uh can't wait can't wait till next year and do it all over again yep all right well that'll do it for us uh and ready you, re you ready for the motto ryan yeah dials down bottoms, bottoms up, up. <laughs>